Hey, what's going on? Thank you for joining us this week. Listen, the last few weeks I have heard uh, several questions on the importance of mentoring in youth ministry. So this week, let's take a look at how we lost the rabbi, that personal, proximal relationship, the mentoring relationship in discipleship. Thanks again for joining us. Listen, there are so many one another verses in the Bible. It's really a powerful truth that Jesus stressed our need for relationship with one another. I understand when people say things like, well, I only need Jesus. <laughs> but that simply is not true. We need each other also. I mean, I don't even think Jesus believes that. That's why there are so many one another scriptures in, in the Word. It is a mystery of Christianity that even though Christ is everything, and that we are complete in Him, we still need each other. You ever thought about that? Listen, it's this idea of proximity. We cannot separate relationship from discipleship or discipleship from relationship. There is a relational proximal cost to discipleship. Look at the language of the scriptures and the value it places on community and belonging and together. So let's look at the process of discipleship and mentoring from the standpoint of a rabbi. Youth leaders are rabbis, so we got to have a plan. We got to have a plan in place for our mentoring relationships, our counseling, our coaching, because it will be very hard to measure the success of those discipleship, spiritual formation meetings if we are just sitting around chatting. It requires, a successful meeting requires more than just hanging out. So I think every teenager should get one person every year to speak into their life. I call it an annual mentor, maybe a parent, a pastor, a, a spiritual leader, a family member, a coach, a teacher, a parachurch leader, maybe it's the neighbor. But every year, every year, a teenager should find somebody in their life that they are afraid of spiritually who can speak into their life. It, it is the ways of God in Christianity. It helps to find mentors who are experienced in the things that a mentee wants to experience. Because if you want to go where you've never been and do what you've never done, you have to first find someone that has been there and done it. Does that make sense? So listen, here is a practical guide to a healthy mentoring relationship as a rabbi, a next-gen leader, and uh, the student, the mentor and the mentee. Every mentee. Every mentor should have this structure in place. You need a structured document that guides the process of relationship, that proximal, close relationship, so that you can effectively measure the success of the meeting. The most productive scenario would be to include the following content that we're going to go over real quick in the mentoring process so that it can be handed out to uh, each individual. Number one, personal background. This is the relational capital at the beginning of the meeting. If any process in the relationship looks like chatting or hanging out, this would be the time to get to know each other. Think about it. The kind of things that you talk about, whether that's weather, family, age, 
education, hobbies, interests, right? Uh, school, team, work, or vocational information. Discuss the formative events in a person's life. I love to ask that question. What are the most, inform, uh, most, most formative moments, negative or positive, in someone's life? And so to begin the meetings with that kind of relationship then lays a foundation for the future discussions that you're going to have. Okay? All right, number two, personal mission statement. Maybe you haven't thought about this, but one of the most important things in the relationship is to draw up a personal mission statement for the person you are mentoring. Have the mentee write out a personal mission statement in one sentence, like 30 words. This is why I exist, right? Uh, what would be the goal of your life? C complexity, listen, complexity versus simplicity. We don't want it to be complex, we want it to be simple. Find out what kind of things are getting in the way of the success of that goal, that life goal, that mission statement, and eliminate anything that does not uh, fit the mission statement, that does not line up with the mission statement. Uh, make sure that the mentee understands their life purpose. This will alleviate many of the problems in your discussion with them. You know, it, it, it helps them fulfill their purpose. All right, number three part of mentoring, the, another important key ingredient in the mentoring relationship. Understand the personal uh, uh, gifts and the characteristics, uh, um, the identity traits of, of the individual. Um, because these are the things that we will need to sharpen. So we want to find out what their strengths are, their abilities or their talents. Maybe have them write down two of them. We need, and then we need to magnify those. We don't want to work on their weaknesses. We want to work on their strengths. What gives them most, the most joy? We must accelerate the strengths and the gifts that people have because that is where they are unique and find the most fruitfulness. So instead of spending all of our time on the negative things and the weaknesses, we spend time on accentuating the strengths because that's where they become radically awakened to the possibility that they are gifted with more than shortcomings. <laughs> right? Think about that. Listen, um, those God-given strengths, we've got to pull them out. All right, number four, a personal meeting design. These are the practical things. I love this part because it really gets down to the guidelines that we have that set up the meeting, okay? So things like this. Each meeting should have a single topic of discussion. Focus on one issue in each meeting so that both of you have optimal growth at one time, okay? One, one topic in each meeting. Meetings should be no more than 30 to 40 minutes long. These are not long sessions where we just sit around and chat. That's another time. In discipleship, we don't want it to be weary. We want to balance the amount of lecture and lesson that you bring to the topic, right, as the mentor, and their response in the conversation. 60, 60% of the student and 40% of me. Um, here's another idea. Plan the frequency of the meetings. Is this weekly, bi-weekly? Monthly? Is it seasonal? Set that up. Another one, set up an agenda for the meetings based from the discussions above, the kind of things that you've talked about with the personal questions and 
um, below in some of these initial questions I'm going to give you. Set up a, an agenda that you can hand out. Create a schedule. Email it, DM it, text it to the mentee so that there is sufficient time to prepare for each of the meetings and we know what the topic is. That will give us optimal um, success. Number five, here are some initial spiritual questions to get the conversation going, okay? It gets us going in the right direction. Remember, clear questions will bring clear answers. So here's one question. On a scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, where was your spiritual life six months ago? Right? Comment using like two to three uh, sentences, have them write it down, have them discuss it. Second question, on a scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, where is your spiritual life as we speak? So we're looking at six months before the meeting and right now. So talk about, are they in a decline or are they doing well, right? Or are they just, uh, you know, neutral? Here's another one. Number three, what are the things in your life that you are concerned about? These may be things like relationships, a lack of spiritual disciplines, not understanding the Bible, um, the, the home. Uh, these are indicators that failure is on the horizon. Here's another one. Um, number four, there are sins of commission, things that you have done or committed, and sins of omission, things that we have not done. Define two of each of those, right? Define those and find out what am I doing that I shouldn't, what am I not doing that I should. What are the, here, here's, a la, here's a last question. What are the most formative moments in your life, right? What are the most formative? Talk about those. Take, take time and dig into that. It could be a positive thing or a negative thing. All right, listen, the purpose of mentoring is to, is to define the character and the nature of God in a personal way. The more that we know God in his completeness, the more teenagers understand who God is, I am convinced that this generation will serve him. Because listen, listen, if they seek him, they will see him. And if they see him, they will serve him. I think the only reason teenagers do not serve God is because they do not know God. Oh man, listen, as we said at the start of this podcast, the rabbi is a lost, um, it, it, it is a lost role in the life of modern day disciples. But, listen, I don't believe we've lost the rabbi. No, no, fortunately the rabbis are the youth leaders across this nation who have understood the importance of personal discipleship and spiritual formation of a generation. You are a rabbi. All right, listen, we may have lost the role, but we haven't lost the rabbi in youth ministry, okay? Because that's you. So again, thank you for joining us. This is, I love this topic. Listen, all you gotta do is go to the socials, hit the link tree, and you can watch this on YouTube, listen to it on the iTunes podcast, or get the manuscript at our website and use that in a leaders meeting or whatever, all right? Listen, thanks again for joining us. Don't forget to check us out, all of our resources on the socials. Thank you.